And now a word from our sponsors. All her life, Joan placed herself into the hands of men who failed her. Joan does the unthinkable for a woman in 1960, leaving her small town of Gainesfield. As an accomplished musician, Joan served her country in the first ever women's Air Force band, San Antonio, Texas. She unwittingly becomes part of a brainwashing experiment. After her Air Force service, returning to society is particularly hard for Joan, so much so that she has spent a good deal of her life in a mental institution. As a patient in a VA hospital, Joan is found murdered. Small-town secrets, whispers behind closed doors, stolen records, serve to solve the mystery of what the hell happened to Joan. This book is a work of fiction, but very well could have happened. This is not a test. This is your annual announcement. This year we are offering Scarefair, which will be held on Saturday, October 30th at the San Bernardino County Fairgrounds in Victorville, California. Gates open at 9 a.m. and close at 9 p.m. General admission tickets are only $22 in advance and $25 at the door. VIP tickets are $45 in advance and $50 at the door while supplies last. In the morning, we will be offering trick-or-treating for the kids throughout our vendors. And for the adults, we have tons for you as well. Come meet horror icons like Joe Bob Briggs, Elaine Dietz from The Exorcist, Dr. Satan himself, Walter Phelan, and John Masari, who composed Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Don't forget that we have the psychotic carnival of thrills, where you become part of a horror story. Then, when the sun goes down, enjoy our live music as Roadwork opens for American Zombie, a Rob Zombie spook show. That's not enough? Okay, how about a Scream Queen contest hosted by the ladies of the Taki Horror Podcast Show? Or our cosplay contest, one for the kiddies and one for the adults. So gather your courage and come join the fun. For more information, go to www.pcehd.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Myth Bits. We are your hosts, Jenna and Joe Sparks, and this is episode 149. Welcome. Welcome back. We are we we are back uh, after a short absence last week. To be completely honest, it has been I'm not sure what the right word would be like a mixture of chaos, exhaustion, and then a little bit more chaos sprinkled on top, uh, and trying to 
find a balance of everything happening uh, between work life, personal life, more work life, and then more work life. Uh, so it's it's just it's it's all compiled, and we just kind of needed to pause for a minute. You know, I'm big on the pauses, so we had to pause. Um, and we're not doing the review yet, so don't panic. That is coming. We are probably going to format it as a two-parter because there is so much content. And again, I say this every time and I hope everybody understands. We want to give these magazines, these issues, the attention they deserve and not go into it and skim or, you know, feel like we're not giving it the attention it deserves. So that's why uh, it's not here yet. And that's why we're probably going to do multiple episodes devoted to the gigantic 100th issue of the World of Myth magazine. And it's a big issue. Like, I'm still astonished how much content there is. But yeah, so we will bring that to you next week. So fret not. Um, it's been a lot. I had a lot of things I really wanted to get done before the first of the month, uh, October. For the most part, succeeded Uh, There's still a lot to get done that I didn't get done by the first. So I'm back into all work and zero play as of right now. And as I was talking to Dave earlier today, we both were very excited for uh, the 30th of the month or the 31st of the month I should clarify because the 30th is scare fair and everybody I've been in contact with for the time to- for the past several months has been so heavily involved in scare fair and it's all we're talking about all we're doing all we're getting ready for uh and I am so looking forward <laughs> to the 31st when I can just not (laughs) have my brain going at a hundred million percent, you know? Uh, So we are coming up to that. And just a reminder, like I said, Scarefare is coming up on the 30th of this month. And tickets are still available. They're available at PCEHD.com. I have been working on some really fun... Okay. Let me rewind. Back in, oh, let's rewind to August. August-ish, that sounds about right. I felt very sure. <laughs> very sure. I have minimal, very minimal. And by minimal, I mean I've watched like half of a tutorial, you know, uh, experience with animation. I have been doing all of the graphic work art for Scarefare. Uh, you know, I've been doing that for 15, 15 plus years ish. Uh-huh. And I figured I could grasp it, you know, I could grasp it. And I kind of had all, so many ideas, a whole plethora of ideas. I storyboarded, I did so much. I ordered everything I needed because I wanted to do partial sets 
uh, to film and I ordered, like, I really jumped on it. And then the reality of it set in. And it just, for me to try to pull off doing an animation by myself in a very, very small amount of time, I apparently assume I'm like superhuman or something sometimes. And it just, I it proved to be not the case. So I had had several bits and pieces that were kind of ready for use, so to speak. They weren't ready to be fully like animated and implemented into a full animation short that I was working on, but they were a couple moving, moving bits and bobs that I could at least play around with. Talking to Eddie, who is, you know, the one in charge and masterminding everything, uh, we were kind of trying to conceptualize something we could do for everyday use or ever just to post something every day as we're coming up to Scarefair. And I thought, well, we can't do it every day because I don't have enough. My brother's got an interesting voice. We have recording software. I was planning on using him anyway. Uh, so I successfully, albeit to the fullest extent of my capabilities at the time with minimal knowledge, was able to actually use an animation that I had been working on. And I'm so happy that like the whole project didn't have to get scrapped and we could actually use a couple pieces. So if you're following Scarefair on any of the social media platforms, you should be seeing those starting to come out in air. I think they're fun. They're cheesy. They're silly. I like this character a lot. It's fun. My brother is really fun with voices, so he did a great job. Yeah, it was just a lot of fun and getting to figure it out. So I'm very proud of myself for that. And I had to do that within, like, what, three, three or four days. <laughs> so needless to say, I'm... I'm pooped. I am pooped. I've been working on logos, on drawings, on what else? Oh my god, so much. Just so much. Yeah, excellent work on that animation. Thank you. <laughs> it, it, it's a labor of love is what it is. And I know it's not like perfect, but it's a lot. It's fun. And I love drawing teeth too. Like te teeth and hands. I love drawing teeth and hands and noses. Those are my favorite things to draw. So, uh, and those are things that I actually really hyper-focused on all the animation. Um, point is the the mouth of the ringleader character, his teeth were a lot of fun to draw. That kind of brings me to my next point. You know, like I said, we've both been kind of operating at like 100 million percent uh, for the past I feel like it's been years, <laughs> but it's really only been months. A couple, a month ago, uh, you were like, hey, we're going to go to a show. And I was like, a show? A concert. And it was for uh, three bands, two of whom we were already aware of. And knew who they were. One opener who we didn't know who, uh, who who he was, but actually fell in love with. I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, we're gonna go. And of course, my little anxious, you know, uh, constant 
white noise blaring in my head was like, how how are we going to do that? That's that's like a whole day minimum that you're going to lose. And then the day arrived <laughs> and I've been planning for it because and I can't shamefully, I guess, for the past like two years, we haven't done anything. I think the last thing we ever like we did is that because of the COVID that slammed down? It was the COVID, but the last thing we did was the art show in yeah. LA uh, last year. It was almost a year ago. And we went out down to LA and, uh, you know, I was talking about it all the time at the time when I was featured at an art show in LA. Um, it was a group art show. Uh, still, I haven't, I mean, like, we haven't done anything and I think there's still a lot of, like, intimidation regarding COVID just because of protocols. And, I mean, going to a concert, an indoor concert with a lot of people you don't know, and they did require, you know, proof of, like, vaccination and masks and everything. And that was fine. I was more than uh, grateful for that. But it was. I was very nervous about being, like, packed with so many people because I haven't experienced that in so long. Like, we even got into an elevator in the car, in the, um, what you call it, the the parking lot, the parking garage, and getting in the elevator. And I was like, there were multiple people in there, and it was like, I haven't been around this many people in so long. Uh, but no, I was very excited because I, I haven't done, like, anything. Like, I haven't done my hair. I haven't gotten to get dressed up or anything like that because, A, I just haven't had time to kind of take, not take care of myself, just like update anything. <laughs> like my hair has been nothing for the past year, year and a half, two years. It's been forever. So I got to do my hair finally and whole thing. But we went to the show. It was, it was a, it was a funny experience. You know, a lot of shows I go to, I used to just go to concerts willy-nilly um you know and if if you are and have lived in the high desert for any period of time you'll know that once upon a time there was actually a very healthy music scene you know we had a lot of interesting acts come through we we had really consistent concerts and stuff and we even had you know some some bigger names like in the alt community we had Wednesday 13 the horror pops we had I mean good chunks at one point we even had Jeffree Star roll through which he but <laughs> still it happened uh and punk oh my gosh there is I mean a, there was a huge punk scene up here and you could really just go to a concert whenever and then, like, for bigger bands that I liked, I mean, I was able to go to a ton of those. And it, it was always so much fun. I love going to concerts, especially concerts in L.A. It's so exciting and so fun, um, especially when they're smaller venues. Like, I got to see 45 Grave, which is an old school goth band. Uh, <laughs> and I get to see them. Where was it? What was the place called? It was so cool. Uh, but it was this tiny, tiny little venue on the Sunset Strip. Like, not even on the cool part of the strip. It was, like, way down, like, past a Home Depot, I think. <laughs> um, and I was with uh, two friends. And I'm stupid. And I was like, 
I'm going to be so cute and I'm going to wear my creepers with fishnets and this cute little mini skirt and a cool, uh, I think it was like a Misfits thermal. I was really cute. I guess we can give you some education. Joe got to learn what creepers are. Creepers are shoes primarily worn by uh, goth kids and punks. And they're awesome shoes. I love them to death. They're minimum usually about an inch, an inch and a half tall. uh, But they can escalate to several inches tall. And they're just, they're they're like Herman Munster uh, business shoes. I think is probably a good way to word them if you are not familiar. If you've never, <laughs> the actual like TUK brand creepers are very comfortable. Uh, the creepers I was wearing that night, like 20, oh my God, not 20 years ago. It was like probably about 16. It was a while ago, okay? <laughs> 14, 15 years ago. The, the brand was Demonia. And Demonia is, just look Demonia boots up. Uh, anyway, they're not as comfortable they're good quality and everything there's nothing wrong with that but they're not soft (laughs) you know and the ones I was wearing were patent leather uh gorgeous shoes but if you're walking in them in fishnets not comfortable with no socks so we were trying to walk back because we couldn't afford to get a taxi before uber and (laughs) so we were walking back it was like five miles down the sunset strip at like two o'clock in the morning and i couldn't take it anymore so i just walked barefoot down the sunset strip for like three miles (laughs) so good times good times is what i'm getting at so the show was for it was uh, a band i i really love called play royale and they were being opened for by uh Mothica, who Joe had introduced me to, and a musician called Dwayne, who again fell in love with. Big show. It was at the Wiltern. Gorgeous venue. I've been there once before. Stunning, stunning, stunning venue. Uh, one of my favorite points in history architecturally, which is so much fun when you're in Los Angeles and you get to look at, is uh, 1920s architecture and Art Deco. Like true Art Deco, not like modernized uh the great gatsby party <laughs> modernizations or the 80s art deco uh mm-mm. original art deco and oh my gosh it's so pretty go to the show <laughs> and i'll get to the funny the funny the actual funny stuff now it's it's a weird it's a weird point i think in realizing <laughs> certain factors when you go to concerts as an adult because when you're like in your early 20s you're around other people who are in your early or in their early 20s or even younger some just a couple older people we were in the midst of so many teenagers and their parents so preciously escorting their children to this concert it was funny um and so sweet but (laughs) it did it kind of was just like, where do we fit here? And I think the funniest part for me is, and I I don't know, not many people will will get this, but I'm sure it can be applied to many other musical acts. So again, the band is Palais Royale. (sighs) I'm going to go on another long-winded explanation, but I'm going to try not to make it long-winded. I actually did a review on a show called Paradise City a couple months 
ago. And Paradise City is made by the entirety of a label called Sumerian Records. And they had are, are they had previously produced a film called American Satan, starring a whole slew of people from Sumerian Records. So it's a really cool uh, arrangement because you're getting great music, decent production, you know, TV shows and movies. They're good. They're entertaining. That's, you know. But the music is a standout. If if you know or if you read my review or if you are around 30 years old the way Joe and I are, uh, or you were a scene kid back in the early 2000s, you know who uh, Black Veil Brides or Andy Black slash Andy Beersack is. And he's kind of probably like one of the biggest factors, I think. And I know I've talked about him before. Uh, you also probably, you don't have to be 30. You probably can be any wide range of ages to know who Corn is. So the band also actually has, I don't know if they actually have Corn signed, but they have Jonathan Davies signed. They have a lot of big bands signed. I think Poppy is also signed. Palais Royale kind of got really popular. I think they they're popular like they were they were popular but then they like kind of rocketed a little after American Satan because they had used the lead singer Remington Leith's uh vocals for the main character's voice which I still think is a very weird decision because the main character slash actor musician Andy Black can sing and they used a lot of Play Royale's music throughout the film so and it's it's just funny to me because the only reason I knew about like American Satan and I was never like a Black Veil Brides fan. I, re- I just wasn't. But I had a lot of friends who were. I wasn't a scene kid. I was a goth kid. <laughs> and cue the episode of South Park. Uh, the vampires versus the goths. Andy Black, like I said, Black Veil Brides and everything. That kind of falls back to like early 2000s scene kids because his whole shtick he was like a little teenager who dressed up like Nikki Six with this weirdly deep voice uh but they were really popular they still are really popular anyway I was kind of hoping that there would be people a lot more people of that era <laughs> there but no we we were there with there was there was a good amount of like 15 to like 25 year olds I even had to ask you last night on the way back it's like do you think uh we were as annoying at that age (laughs) as like I'm annoyed with these people and I can't I am sure the answer is yes like I have no doubts if I saw a little punky goth kid walking down Sunset Strip in fishnets holding a pair of creepers I'd be like what a dummy, you know, like, <laughs> today. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just, it's fun getting to see live music, especially again, because like I said, I, I we don't do a ton of concerts anymore. Even with COVID, I've definitely reached an age <laughs> where I, I prefer comfort, you know? I want to sit or uh, <laughs> I just don't want to be crammed, you know, in the, the general audience the 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 oh my gosh I can't even think of the word I'm so tired uh 
just the standing room. There we go. And getting forced up against the the barricade right in front of the stage. And I mean, that's fun and everything, but I'm just not here for that anymore. Like, I, I just want to sit and enjoy. And that's why I love the Wiltern because they have lodge seating and you're up on a balcony and it's beautiful. You get to stare at the ceiling, which is a gorgeous ceiling. And it's just a great venue <laughs> minus walking up and down so many stairs but yeah live music I think that's something that you know when you do get to experience you kind of forget how amazing it was to experience uh as somebody who's not in the music industry somebody who's not around it all the time um but yeah it was I mean it was a freaking phenomenal show like these musicians <laughs> the level of energy I crave it like if they could bottle and sell it I would buy it easily easily I think they do and it's probably an illegal substance but (laughs) no I'm telling you they have like serious talent all the way around like they're they have the old school showmanship that they bring to the theatrical parts such as Mm -hmm. they are a glam rock band Mm -hmm. which that's my that that's my thing. Uh, like if you notice, like even after the show, and Emerson kicks the kicks the kick drum down mm-hmm. uh, off of his little I platform w- there. You notice? <laughs> I like, watched they, your face when he did that. Yeah. It's like, well, that goes that goes three thousand dollars. Sumerian Sumerians are like, that's right. Give him the thumbs up. <laughs> so it paid for itself. No, uh, well, it's the total image of the I, entertainment value. You know, it's such as when they left the stage and it was all a wreck and everything like that. It's like they set an image. They did. On the well, because when they when they came out before they came out on stage, right? Uh, the curtains were pulled, and uh, this this ever so lovely person comes out and just is is so thoughtfully placing and methodically setting uh, uh, bundles of roses along the front of the stage and it's gorgeous it's a gorgeous setting and then the curtains rise up they start playing it's just and I love this band with a passion so I was just like yes but uh it it was like the the flowers were being thrown out to the audience but they were being stomped and and thrown all over the stage so you're destroying these beautiful things throughout the show and again, the set was stunning, just lit beautifully. And they had, you know, I, what kind of flowers were those? Like wisteria, wisteria on either side. Like there's flowers everywhere. It's a gorgeous set. But yeah, it's it's gradually, like throughout the entirety of the show, it's just gradually kind of falling into more and more, uh, what's the right word? Not decay, but uh, destruction. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's crazy because I want to notate about uh, Remington Lee's vocal style, right? So Mm -hmm. his vocal style, he has he has like a a few different techniques going on, right? So he has like the rasp going on in his throat, and he also has the higher pitch going on, right? So his technique is very interesting. Well, besides his theatrics and and and, and whatnot, he, which we'll talk about in a minute. <laughs> yeah, he, like uh, well, I'm saying like when he jumped up on the balcony and he 
and he jumped up into the second part because we're in the lodge and he comes up into the lodge and there's this this part of the balcony <laughs> where he hops on right and he sits upon so also to preface that Remington Leith the singer he kind of has a history of climbing on things at venues <laughs> and it hasn't always ended well uh, he's. He, I don't think he's ever gotten seriously hurt or anything, but in terms of them being asked to return to certain venues, I, I think a lot of people, when we walked into the wilder and, you know, uh, you kind of look around and you're like, okay, I don't think he can do much damage here. Like, there, and not damage, but I don't think he can really climb on anything here or anything. Um, we also learned, though, that when there are not things to be climbed, uh, he will climb people. And... Um, Fortunately, it's not like like uh, non consensual in the action. He's just like it's it's really amazing to watch, and he does clearly <laughs> because they lifted him. You know, it was really cool to watch. But yeah, the will turn. If you've ever been to the will turn, you have your standing room, and there's a little bit of seating in there, and that's your first floor, and you are head on to the stage second story you have two uh two tiers of balcony seating so it's it's like i said the next story up and you're looking down at the stage so yeah he they're doing one of one of my favorite songs uh the, the song is also this doesn't help the song is a very dark song um and it's it's it very openly talks about you know mental health and uh, suicidal ideation et cetera et cetera, uh, and so he 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 jumps off the stage, right? And all of a sudden he just disappears. And we're like, oh, he's just going to play with the audience, whatever. And then all of a sudden we just see him come through the doors, like not right next to us, but on on the balcony. And he just flies through and he goes down to the balcony and that's where he performs a good chunk of the rest of the song. And genuinely, like, my first thought was, what, okay, <clears throat> the reason you all listen to this show is when we talk about literary things, right? Uh, one of my favorite stories by Poppy Z. Bright is a story about a musician whose voice is so beautiful and powerful it actually causes uh, anyone who listens to it to do monstrous things horrible horrible things it causes so much pain and agony and the singer he this fictional singer he is like I, I can't keep doing this I can't go on stage but you know like he's being pressured to constantly go on stage so trigger warning he gets on stage one final time and he wraps the microphone cable around his uh, neck and he hangs himself he does not die but he has completely ruined his vocal cords so he can no longer sing and cause any harm or damage so of course my little macabre brain i see the singer who the entire time you're just seeing lifted by the audience like he is a rock god you know and just like just being I don't like a deity to fans you know what I mean and he's up there on the balcony and my brain's like oh my god he thinks he's in a poppy z bright story <laughs> like oh no he gonna jump he did not 
he then ran right by by us. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. I don't know. That's interesting too. Your mind went there where he's gonna jump. Like, I didn't, Not like I didn't, to hurt himself or anything. That, so Nothing like that. Gonna, I didn't think he was gonna do that. And it's like oh. I just like I said, he trusted that audience, which great, and I trust that audience for him. But like, <laughs> would he in that moment just be like, you know what? I bet if I jump, they'll catch me. <laughs> like, well, that's the deal is because they have. I feel they have the true understanding of. They are under the full understanding of stage, you know, their stage presence. Not just even just stage presence, but the whole entirety of who they are, you know. As though they realize that without their fans or, you know, the people paying them to be on there, to be the, to be on stage, that they would have a very rough go mm-hmm. you know? a very different go a very yeah a different go very much like a bunch of the other artists whatnot and what really differentiates between top artists yeah you know? no okay do you remember <laughs> when we were at dark side and riverside mm-hmm. and i got asked to go on stage yeah oh my god i i was in theater if you guys had no idea i was in theater and choir Back in high school. <laughs> okay, so I've been on on stages, you know. Uh, but I've also never been, like, at the forefront. Because I, I was in theater, but I couldn't act. And I was in choir, but I can't sing. Um, so I was, like, always shuffled in the background. I was busybody number one. Uh, but I was back at a con- convention, you know, what, what was it, year, two years ago now, Uh and I was on a stage. <laughs> and it's weird. It's crazy. And there are probably people who are listening who have been on stages and know the exact feeling. It's a yeah. disconnect. It is. Yeah. It's like there are people looking. there, And it's they weren't there for me. They were there for somebody else. <laughs> I was just there. Um, and it's like to know, like, you are literally the center of attention. You know what I mean? Like... And and Remington Leith, like the whole band is phenomenal. And they had their touring musicians as well as the iconic and amazing Jenny V, who I could not take my eyes off of because she was wearing this like amazing sequin suit. Oh my god. Uh but the stage presence, you can't, you can't not look, you know, because it's just phenomenal and i that's why i love live shows because it's it is it's like you you it's so hard to get distracted because you're just like so in awe of everything happening on that stage or not on that stage you know if they bring it out to the audience this one tremello part the rhythm guitar that was very interesting he took this note and threw it around the auditorium oh my god it gave me the worst headache that was dope like, I, today I woke up, like, I felt hungover, and right where that sound hit me in the face, like, my head hurt so bad all day. Like, I wanted to cry last night when I heard it. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry, you guys. We I've been watching an exorbitant amount of South Park and playing the games, but, it, you know, the episode, the brown sound. It was like that, but it was the, the headache sound. <laughs> yeah. It was great, and it was cool, but, yeah, it hurt. It hurt. I think I kept like leaning into you and I was like, what is that? Also, it didn't help too because it's like, you know, like I said, the Wiltern is a beautiful, beautiful venue. You know, when when you are, because when you see live music, you know, and the best part about it is 
you're hearing to an extent, but you're you're feeling it. Like there is there is no greater feeling. Like we can talk about many things that feel great, but to me, one of the greatest feelings is just when like the opening note just starts, and it's just it literally fills you up. You know, like it it you feel it in your bones. Oh my gosh. And it's just so satisfying. And it's the mm. whole environment of right. it. And, you know, you you go to a show and you go to let loose, right? You're there, obviously. You know you're just hanging up everything else that's happening in your brain. And you're just like, please shut up. I'm here to just be in this moment. And just just watch and enjoy and live here. That's great. <laughs> and I love that. And I was there like 90 seven percent of the time until you're in the balcony (laughs) and these people stand up and the band is asking of its audience to do things you know all right crouch down real low now we're gonna jump you know stuff like that um or people are dancing and jumping up and down and you're on the balcony and of course my brain is like is tonight going to be the night <laughs> that this thing is going to come down? And, you know, anxiety is fun. So then you start thinking about, you know, that like, oh, if I die here, well, maybe I wouldn't die, but maybe I would. I wonder, you know, <laughs> you start thinking about that. Um, but still, it was a lot of fun because you're sitting there and like, like the whole balcony is just quaking with this like pulse. It's so cool. It's just, oh, yeah. I love live music, and I want to go back to another Palais Royale show. They put on a really good show. Yeah. Really good show. Um, And the opener, Dwayne, like, again, he's just somebody with that, like, energy. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I just want that energy. I need it. I want it. Oh. Yeah. It was just, it was nice. And I know everybody's been to a concert, and everybody knows exactly what we're talking about. But... It's just nice, and I think it was really nice to just be able to, like, turn off for a couple hours. I started talking to this one delightful uh, person, and they, like, we were talking, and I was actually able to ask them, I'm like, oh, what do you do, and all of this, and they were telling me, and then they asked me, they're like, what do you do, and my brain was just like, what do I do? <laughs> like, and I was just like, I don't, I don't want to talk about that. I just want to enjoy, you know. It was nice to experience again. And I think that's probably what it is because, you know, for two years we weren't, we couldn't, you know, we couldn't go out to enjoy it uh, without a lot of factors. <laughs> this was a first and this was actually a little startling. Uh, got a water, and it was only $5, right? But it was liquid death. I was a little surprised they were serving that. Because um, it's liquid death is it's canned, non-carbonated water. I'm going to reiterate that so you know I'm not mistaken. It is canned, non-carbonated <laughs> water. <laughs> so, like, bottled water. Not Perrier, but, like, like... Nestle 24 pack water in a can. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, it's freaking water. Uh, like I said, it was only five. But yeah, it was a little like, 
other than the imagery, like, it's just, oh, this is a novel idea, you know, liquid death. And I, I know it's, you know, using aluminum cans is better than using bottles. So I totally support that. But it was just funny because I was surprised that we were allowed to have, like, an open container like that. It was an amazing night. And I'm glad we got to uh, go back and share the experience. I am freaking pooped. Uh, which I tell you every every week, but I mean it this time. I'm I am pooped in, on a whole other dimension, on a dimension of I was surrounded by so many teenagers and <laughs> so many people in general, and I'm just I'm beat. I'm beat. I got back to work today, and it's back to work for the next month. There is so much left to do, but at least. I got some beautiful memories out of it. Also, can I brag here for a second before we hang it up? I, my outfit was super cute, right? I was wearing a super cute little mesh collared shirt and my, my, my new creepers (laughs) that I didn't wear fishnets with. Uh, And I wore a harness and I ordered it from the phenomenal Jenny Machete, and it's comfortable. It's so comfortable, so cute, and it's reversible, right? So you wear it one way where it looks like the kind of harness that I'm talking about, or you can reverse it, and it looks less like that kind of harness. If you, I hope you understand what I'm getting at here. Anyway, but it was funny because Remington Leith runs out on stage, and I'm looking at him, and I'm like... That's the same exact custom-made harness I got because <laughs> the, the the harnesses are custom-made uh, or made to order, basically. And I'm like, he bought the exact same one I did because I know that because it's the reversible one. And I thought that was really funny. And what's even funnier is the day before I put it on, right, and I'm like, okay, let me make sure it fits good and it's not slipping and sliding and falling. And I'm like... Hey, mom, can you come help me fix my bondage here? <laughs> She's like, sure, sweetie. And sure enough, sure enough, because I had her tighten the straps and make sure that it was nice and comfortable. I was watching Remington Leith on stage and his is slipping and sliding. And I'm like, he didn't have his mom check his bondage gear. We're out. Mic drop. You can find us at theworldofmyth.com on Facebook and Twitter at the World of Myth Bits podcast and the World of Myth magazine. And on Instagram at the world of myth bits. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Mm-hmm.